Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Acts chapter 14. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There, they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe, and to the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the gospel. In Lystra there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed, and he called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priests of Zeus whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates, because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We're bringing you the good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything that's in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without a testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church, and with prayer and fasting they committed them to the Lord, in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Attila. From Attila they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how He had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they stayed there a long time with the disciples. 
along with Acts chapter 13, this chapter, Acts 14, gives us the account of Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey. This journey took place somewhere around 46 to 48 AD, and they traveled quite a ways. This was the first of three known missionary journeys by Paul, and perhaps as many as um, four by Paul altogether, but three definitely. And so they preached Jesus everywhere they went. Uh, they would always go to the synagogue first. We read in verse 1 at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So this was always the way. Those who um, uh, believed that, in fact, Jesus had fulfilled the Scriptures was who he claimed to be, the Messiah of Israel and also the Son of God, those were very happy, even in the synagogues, to receive the words of Paul and Barnabas. But there were those that refused to believe that Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God and the Messiah, and they always stirred up uh, dissension and opposition to Paul and Barnabas. Now, notice here, Paul is listed first. Initially, Barnabas had been a leader in the early church. Paul had been a persecutor of the church, and um, at that time he was known as Saul. But Barnabas kind of took him under his wing and brought Paul into the church and introduced him to the other apostles and so forth. Uh, He later went and um, brought Paul to Antioch and stayed there a year working with him and teaching with him. But Barnabas was the leader initially. Now Paul has become the spokesman or the primary spokesman. So he's the leader of the little missionary group. They went from city to city preaching, and it wasn't just a matter of preaching. The Lord granted them a measure of outpouring of the power of God to confirm the word. In verse 8, we read, In Lystra there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed. So he called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. And so this mighty miracle caused um, a lot of uh, people to be excited. They decided that they were going to make animal sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas because obviously they were gods. And of course, Paul and Barnabas were not gods, and they took their time to convince them that they were not deities, that they should just um, receive them as messengers of Christ. But the Jews came from another city, and along with these um, Uh, disgruntled pagans, if you will, they decided to stone Paul. So they stoned him, attempting to kill him, and they dragged him outside the city, thinking they had killed him. But after the disciples gathered around Paul, he got up and went back into the city. So we don't know whether Paul was raised from the dead or he was just nearly executed and um, they didn't finish killing him. But whatever the case, notice he didn't run from the city. He went right back into the city. And then the next day, he and Barnabas left to go to another city. This pattern of persecution for Paul was going to continue uh, throughout his entire ministry. And so the first missionary journey was not an exception. It was indeed the rule that everywhere the the name of Jesus was preached, uh, if it was not received well, then there was going to be persecution and opposition. And so after the persecution, they went to another city and they preached the gospel in that city. Once again, they won a large number of disciples. And they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And so their pattern uh, in these missionary journeys was to preach the gospel and to go back and to strengthen the local church. 
And they strengthened them by encouraging uh, them to remain faithful and true to the message that had been preached. And they explained in, in verse 22, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. In saying that, friends, they were saying that you should expect to be opposed. You should expect opposition and sometimes persecution. They appointed elders for each city as they went. And this uh, concept of appointing elders, this is evidence of the early church government in formation. Later in the letters of Paul, he will specify that uh, Timothy and Titus appoint elders in every city, and Paul and Barnabas were doing that as they went. These elders were responsible for the oversight of the church and keeping the believers on track. They were generally, literally older people. This wasn't just a title. They were literally older and hopefully wiser converts in each church. And so the first elders of the church were relatively new believers, but they were mature believers. They were not novices uh, in social sense. They were someone that was well-received in the community for their wisdom. But notice each church had their own elders, and um, they didn't just pick them arbitrarily. The Bible says that they prayed and fasted as they were selecting them and appointing them, and they committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. They didn't put their trust in the elders. They put their trust in the Lord to build the early church. And then they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed by the grace of God to go out on this journey initially, and they'd now completed the first missionary journey. They gathered the church together and gave a report on their missionary endeavors and explained that the Lord had opened um, faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed in Antioch a long time. Now, this um, Antioch church, just to remind you, was this, this was the first place where followers of Jesus were referred to as Christians. That term comes down to us today. But the idea of the early followers was that they were followers of Jesus, and as such, they referred back to the term that Jesus had used, I am the way. And so they, they called the early church followers of the way, or just simply the way. But in Antioch, they were named Christians. It was not a positive term, friends. It was a negative term. They were using this as a slur of sorts. But just to recap, on this missionary journey, they went in every city to the synagogue first, because the gospel goes to the Jews first. If the Jews received the message well, Paul and Barnabas stayed in the Jewish synagogue and taught how Jesus had fulfilled the scriptures. If the Jews in the synagogue rejected the word of God through Paul and Barnabas, they would move outside of the synagogue and preach house to house or in the marketplaces or whatever. But the gospel was to the Jew first and then to the Greeks. The gospel spread with power, as exemplified by this lame man being healed in Lystra in this chapter. But everywhere we read through the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit was moving in power. Paul was stoned as the opponents of God persecuted him, but the Lord preserved his life. And after the persecution, Paul continued to preach. And they finished the work that the Holy Spirit had commissioned them to do on this first journey and went back to Antioch to regroup. Now, Lord, we just pray that we would be faithful to preach the good news to both Jew and Gentile alike. We love our Jewish brothers and sisters. We love our Gentile brothers and sisters. But Lord, we do believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life for all men, not just Gentiles, but Jew and Gentile alike. We pray that the gospel would spread with power in our generation. We pray, Lord, that we would be faithful in the face of opposition and even persecution. Lord, may we complete the work that you've called us to do, just as you 
enabled Paul and Barnabas to complete the work you called them to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.